the grace of the risen Christ and the peace of the risen Christ and the love of the risen Christ are yours. We're going to look at the gospel lesson this morning. I'd like to just read to you again these, these words, the last couple of verses from John chapter 20. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And let's pray. How amazing it is, Father, that centuries before any of us lived, you were still thinking of us. We are among those who have not seen and yet believe. And so you've given us the scripture so that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing we may have life in his name. We ask for that blessing and that these words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts would be acceptable in your sight, you who are our strength and our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, uh, some people say that you can divide the world into two groups of people. The first group are those folks who have their doubts about God. The second group is everybody else who at some point in time will have their doubts about God. Does that surprise you? Here's, here's a fact from a study done by the, the Barna Group, Pew Research, who recently uh, surveyed Christians and asked if they had any spiritual doubts, any spiritual misgivings. And the survey revealed that almost 65% of people who profess to be Christians have had spiritual doubts. Thomas wasn't the only one in that boat, was he? How about you? Have you ever had any doubts regarding your faith, your relationship with the Lord? Have you ever questioned, is it true that he really loves me? When you've gone through a season of tough stuff, have you doubted whether or not God truly is in control? Because if he was in control, how could he let these things happen to me? Or maybe you've done something so grievous that just weighs so heavy on your heart, you, you doubt whether or not God can forgive you. Or when we look to the end of life, is heaven for real? And what if it isn't? Got doubts? Where do you find answers to these questions? Where do we find answers to our doubts? I'll give you a hint. You won't find them in the empty tomb. Now let's go back to Thomas again, to that upper room, that first uh, evening of that week. And, and let's put Thomas in a little different perspective, okay? I'd like for us to think of, as, of Thomas as being kind of a forerunner of the millennial generation. You know the millennials. Millennials are people who have been, were born from, uh, what, uh, 19, 
I've got it down here, 1981 to 1996. If, if your birth date falls in there, you're a millennial. Well, that same Barna study studied millennials and all the generations. And, and they found this out to be true about the millennials. And, and there's two reasons why I think Thomas is kind of a forerunner to the millennials. The, the first one is, is that of all the generations, the millennials have twice as many doubts as do the other generations, like the Gen Xers, the baby boomers, or the elders. And so in that way, Thomas is a millennial. And also, I, I choose to think of Thomas as a millennial because of, of how millennials, what they do when they have doubts about God. What millennials do when they have doubts about God is they withdraw from their church. They absent themselves. They absent themselves from the gathering of God's people. Now, not that the other disciples didn't have their, their doubts. They did. I mean, just that Easter morning, all of the disciples, to a man, when they heard the reports of the women concerning the empty tomb and the message of the angels, and now I'm reading from Luke's gospel, they dismissed that all as, quote-unquote, being nonsense. And then a little later that morning, Peter himself ran out to see the empty tomb. And as he came back and as he thought about it and, and everything that had gone on, uh, it says, and again, I'm, I'm quoting Luke's gospel, that he went away wondering to himself what had happened. It seems like Peter and the rest of the disciples, they had lots of questions. They had lots of doubts. But they didn't have any answers. But unlike Thomas, they were at least in that room that first Easter evening. Now, perhaps the reason Thomas wasn't there is because he was experiencing more doubts than what they were. But whether or not that's true, the fact of the matter is that by his own choice, Thomas was not there. Now, Thomas also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Doubts can do that to you. They can take away your faith but they can also be used by God to increase your faith and build and strengthen your faith. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, you see, they had doubts about their safety, didn't they? Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side, stop doubting and believe. 
So what does God do when you have doubts about him? What does he do when you're wrestling as to whether or not something with regards to your faith is actually the truth? Well, it, it, it looks like he comes and meets you where you're at. It looks like he understands the frailty of our human nature and that we will have doubts. It looks like he is patient with us and will do everything he possibly can so as to speak to our doubts and strengthen us in our faith. In fact, you know, it doesn't just look like it. That's the reality. God doesn't turn away from us when we have our doubts. He comes to us. He understands when we have our doubts. And he is ever so patient with us and works so as to remove everything and anything that is giving us rise to have doubts about him. He doesn't, doesn't put his hands on his hips and say, well, when are they ever going to get it? No, he is patient and works with us. It, you know, it's, it's pretty easy to see that in how Jesus dealt with Thomas, isn't it? But how about us? How about 2,000 plus years later? How does he deal with us when we have our doubts? Well, let's go to the ending of today's gospel. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Do you recall earlier I said that in response to where will you find the answers to your questions and to your doubts and, and to not look in the empty tomb? Because you won't find the answers there? The reason for that is simple. Jesus isn't there. He's not there. And, and that one glorious truth, that one fact, we have answers all of the doubts we may have by virtue of the fact that the resurrection of Jesus proves that the whole of Scripture, every word of this book, is the absolute truth. For on Tuesday of Holy Week, when Jesus was confronted by the, the temple authorities after overturning the tables of the money changers and, and driving them out, and they said, what sign will you give us to prove that you have this authority? And he said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up again. John goes on to note in his gospel that Jesus wasn't talking about a building. He was talking about his body and his resurrection. 
And if you look at in John chapter 2, then you'll see that John goes on to add these words. After Jesus was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scriptures and the words that Jesus had spoken. And so for your doubts and for my doubts, that we might experience what, what Thomas experienced in that room with, with Jesus, who with Jesus came right to him and said, here I am, go ahead, touch me, see me. The way he does that for you and me today is here. He comes to us in these words. Here's where we see the hands and the side and the feet of Jesus. Here's where we have the absolute proof and all of the answers to any of our doubts. As John says, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and that by believing you may have life in his name. Got doubts? If you haven't, and maybe you are in a season of doubt right now, God will respond to your desire to come and let me see you, come and let me touch you, come and let me hear you. He will respond to your bold request by coming to you in this word. Here's where you can put your finger out and put it into his hands. Here's where you can put your hand out and put it into his side. Here's where we can stop doubting and believe. We do it today through the written word. These things are written. Here's where you and I can encounter Jesus in the word. To open the Bible, that's the way to see his hands, that's the way to see his feet, that's the way to see his side, that's the way to hear his voice. It's God's way of speaking to your doubts. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ and that by believing you may have life in his name. If and when you find yourself doubting the forgiveness and the grace of God. Open up his word. Go to places like Isaiah chapter 53. See his hands and his feet there and hear his words where it says, and by his wounds you have been healed. You have doubts got doubts about whether or not God is in control of what's going on in your life? Ask to see him here. Ask to hear his voice and hear. Go to places like Jeremiah 29 and read, I have plans for you, plans to prosper you and bless you. 
or go to places like Romans chapter 8, all things work together for the good of those who love God. Hear his voice speak to your doubts and answer those doubts. And if you're doubting whether or not Christianity is the real thing, and is there life after heaven, I mean life after death, see his hands, see his feet in places like John chapter 11 or, or John chapter 14. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever lives and believes in me, though they die, yet shall they live I go to prepare a place for you. And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to be with myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I pray that you will receive this as an encouragement, not to absent yourself to, from being in God's word, but rather that you would set aside some time every day to open up the word, to have Jesus come to you and show you his hands and feet and speak to you in a way that you can hear his voice. That by believing you may have life in his name. For it's in and through his word that all of our doubts are, are answered with words that are just as true and certain as these, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.